This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Seven back. It is Pat and Stu. Welcome. Gosh, it's uh, so nice to have you here. It's actually our. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not really like. I'm not yeah, that I hardcore on it. Yeah, Stu's. I feel ambivalent, like it, I believe. Yeah, it's you know it's yeah. all right that you're here. You know, uh, not neither here nor there. He apparently uh, doesn't care that much about his paycheck, whether he receives it or not. So, oh, I, I want the paycheck. I just don't care if they show up. Well, if they don't show like, up, you don't get the paycheck. They don't show up. There's no reason to continue to hire us to do a show so i, mean, I don't know why those things need to be tied yeah together. i know they kind of are though it's unfair you know what i call it i call it unfair and yet that's life that's life oh, we a- could sit around and whine about it like trump does that's unfair let's change it no let's, let's change the system the unfair system right uh, by the way right uh, that leads to this yeah i have for some reason have this back oh look what i got i got a oh i got an actual one today oh wow Actual okay. silk hey, screen, the- and you got the crap <laughs> one. Okay. Come on out. Well, that's what happens. Okay. One day we will all have. I mean, it, this is a rumor that one day we'll all have one like this. But I mean, again, these are like a buck ninety-five, and then I don't know a thirty-second effort to put the screening on it. You know, that's too much, right? It's too much to ask. It's too difficult. It's uh, it's beyond our budget. So, maybe not. Maybe we will <laughs> never have it. Uh, agreed. Uh, so, <laughs> it's going well. It's going well. It's going very well. It's going almost Kasich campaign well, uh, this particular <laughs> program. Um, let's talk about a campaign that's doing a little bit better, uh, the Ted Cruz campaign. Now, he's mm-hmm. obviously in second place. Uh, he's got an uphill battle. Uh, he needs to keep Donald Trump under 1,237 delegates. Not going to be easy, as Trump has done pretty well of late. However, a win in Indiana would go a long way to do that. Uh, the first step mm-hmm. in making that process happen was taking a pretty dramatic step. Um, it was described as desperate, and I thought Glenn did a really good job of explaining why. You know what? Kind of, yeah, it was. It was desperate because he actually cares about the country, and it's about to fall into a giant heap yeah. of crap. He's desperate uh, to save it from Donald Trump or yes. Hillary Clinton. Uh-huh. So uh, he announced uh, vice presidential candidate. Now, this has only been done one other time that I know of, at least in recent history, which was by Ronald Reagan in 1976 when he uh, named uh, a vice presidential candidate before the convention. Who was it? Um, it was a guy from Pennsylvania, uh, Schweiker. Anyone? Is it Schweiker? I may, I may... And you never remembering that correctly. You're, not, you're looking at me with a look of, hey, hmm. Stu, you just blew that one. Um, so I could be wrong. Do you know, Jeffy? It was with, with, uh, it was with Reagan, right? Yeah, with Reagan. Yeah, Reagan's, yeah, I think it, was it Schweiker? I, 
Mm. All right, well, how about this? We'll play this clip of uh, Ted Cruz and it. his vice presidential nominee, and then we'll give you that information on the other side. Here is Cruz and Fiorina. After a great deal of time and thought, after a great deal of consideration and prayer, I have come to the conclusion mm -hmm. that if I am nominated to be president of the United States, that I will run on a ticket with my vice presidential nominee, Carly Fiorina. Yeah, they liked it. There you go. Uh, wild applause. And, and it was uh, Schweiker, right, Jeffy? Is yeah, it pains me to say that you were correct, but uh, you were correct. <laughs> hey, hey, Richard Schweiker. He uh, didn't win that 76 nomination, you may be aware, so that didn't help him much. Um, no, it did not work, but it was, a, it was his thought of trying to coalesce support... Or, or, what do you got, Jeffy? Mm -hmm. Jeffy's making a face. Nothing. I'm just guy. Just got some news that makes me very upset. What? Okay. First, this is related. Has nothing to... to do with what we're talking okay. about. So we can move on if you'd like, but or we can go to. Well, you had I'm a really, pretty wild reaction. I'm, real, I'm a little whatever, upset. Whatever just happened. I'm a little upset. All right. Let's take it. Let's take a let's take a sidestep. Really Are you okay with us? Yes. Go All right. Sidestep into Jeffy world. All right. Uh, so I got a G chat from my wife. Mm -hmm. My first ticket just got pulled over. Okay? okay. So I'm like, I bet it was it. What do you mean? Wonderful what? police officer in Keller. Oh, your wife just in, got pulled yes, over. Yes. Okay. In Keller, Texas, that mm -hmm. I love. Yeah. So I ask, in Keller? She texts me back, oh, he just, never mind. He just let me off with the warning. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, that happens. That happens to women. Come on, It happens now. to people that aren't happens, Pat or Jeffy. Yeah, it happens to women. <laughs> To women. That's who it happens Yes. To. My wife, I, I've said this before, she gets pulled over all <laughs> the time. She gets She's probably pulled over as much as I am, almost. <laughs> and every time <laughs> she gets a warning. Come on, Every now. time. I mean, one time in Connecticut, you know, and this is Connecticut. They're pretty hardcore. They, they like their... They like their tax base, and they like to hit the people of Connecticut with uh, with a little extra something, and uh, and pay for their I don't know trees with uh, with by taxing people <laughs> through speeding or whatever. So anyway, my wife is going through our neighborhood at, neighborhood at fifty miles an hour in a twenty five. She gets pulled over. She's going fifty in a twenty five, yes. double the speed limit. She had forgotten to even check to see if the car was still registered. It wasn't. She didn't have her driver's license on her, nor did she have proof of insurance. <laughs> at least I was helping her wash the car at the end of the day. <laughs> she could have had a dead body in the back seat and a bloody knife in her lap. And whiskey bottles, empty whiskey bottles all over the floorboard. And he still would have said, ma'am. I'll let you off with a warning this time. You drive safely now, okay? You can get that taken you care can, of. You can get that taken care of before, you know, somebody else pulls you over and gives you a really warning. Ticks me <laughs> off. Just, it's, it's unbelievable. It sure is. And, and that is not fair. That's not fair. Okay, that, that is not fair. discretion like that it's and not, not even a single little break yeah. for, for myself or Pat. Not, Never not, get a break. Not, not a, hey, we, I, I, under, I saw what you were doing, and, uh, you know, no problem. I just wanted to pull you over and remind you that you shouldn't be doing that. No. Do we get that? No. No. Yeah, I saw what you are no. doing. Here's your ticket. Get well, out. I mean, I think with uh, Pat has a point here. Uh, Jeffy, 
Let's be honest. I mean, they probably, his face is familiar to officers. Yeah. They probably, it's like one of those situations, like, let's bring him in for the ticket. Not with the license I use here. Wait. Uh, Okay. Uh, Here is. I don't know. That was quite a. uh, That was that we took an exit off of the highway. Yes, we did. We're gonna get back on the on ramp here and give you Carly Fiorina talking about why she decided to take uh, the vice presidential uh, ticket. Today, I am very proud and very humbled and honored to announce that I have accepted Senator Ted Cruz's offer to be his vice president for the Republican nomination. I've had tough fights all my life. Tough fights don't worry me a bit. What matters is, is the fight worth having? And this is a fight worth having. This is a fight worth winning. And with your help, we will win this fight. I sure hope so. Yeah, I hope so, too. We're in trouble if they don't. Yep. Um, We actually, Fiorina came on with us today uh, on the radio program. I believe this is a clip from that interview. It's Glenn talking to Carly. Watch. Tell me the difference between... Uh, them and you guys, why people should know or believe that you will do better against Hillary Clinton? Well, how many times, Glenn, have we had elections that we've lost and we've all said to ourselves, you know, the reason we lost is because we didn't provide a clear enough choice, a clear enough contrast. The mm-hmm. reason Donald Trump loses to Hillary Clinton is he and Hillary Clinton are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I mean, they agree on too many policies. They've milked the system all their lives. Look, for anyone who claims to be a conservative, if you want a conservative in the White House, your choice is crystal clear. Mm-hmm. And Ted Cruz made that choice even clearer yesterday. He said so that people understand the choice in front of them. Look, you can have Cruz and Fiorina, two conservatives, who will fight this system and who will restore our prosperity, our opportunity, our liberties, and lead again in the world. Or you can have Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. I think that choice is crystal clear. Absolutely. Uh, She's right about that. And so it was pretty exciting um, to, I think, most of us that that he had chosen uh, Carly Fiorina. I think she's a really good choice. She's a strong candidate. She really knows how to deal with Trump. Um, she, you know, people say she's not conservative. I, I look over her record and I look at the things she advocates now and I, I don't see any liberalism. I, I'm hard pressed to find it. I, I know that over the years we've been surprised at some of the things she said or done. I just can't find them now. And I, so I, I don't, I don't know exactly to what people are referring. Maybe, uh, Californians have a better idea and they can give us a call and let us know about it. But, uh, I, I, I think she's a strong choice. And it shows that Ted Cruz is not done. He's not. He doesn't consider this race over. He's still fighting, and he's fighting hard. And you know, and Glenn kind of addressed the desperation thing. Well, yeah, it's it's a desperate time, and it calls for desperate measures. And uh, if we don't win this thing, the country's going to be in a desperate, desperate situation. So um, it was interesting to watch Fox News react to all this today. Uh, they. And it was a sweeping uh, indictment, I guess, of, of not just Ted Cruz, but also Kasich and, and Bernie Sanders calling for them all to get out of the race. Well, how stupid is that? First of all, they're, uh, they're, they sort of headline uh, and the banner of the segment was, are these, putting, are these people putting career over country? Are, are, are they putting career over their country? First of all, 
what are you talking about? They're, it's because they love the country that they're trying to do this in the first place. Uh, who wants this miserable mess? Who wants this kind of attention? Who wants this headache? Who wants to be out there every day for two years in some different town five times during the day and then you get on a plane or you get on a bus and you drive to another town and you do the whole thing again from uh, you know four or five o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock every night. I mean, who needs that? Uh, could Ted have a very comfortable career doing something else? Yeah, of course. And so could and so has Carly Fiorina. It has nothing to do with their career. They're, they're doing this because they love the country. So, so it's because they, they're putting career over country and they have a lack of maturity to know when to get out. Right. I mean, because the impl- implication is what they should do is just get out of the way and let Donald and let Trump, Trump have win. it without a fight. Right. I mean, like, so ludicrous. don't 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 make it go on for an extra week because, yes. in, you know, Indiana, you know, Trump's going to win Indiana and, and it's not going to make you're just making it difficult. You're making his life mm-hmm. difficult. Um, it, you know, it's obviously sort of crazy to say it's about career. I mean, what you're saying with Fiorina is I mean, there's a good chance. Uh, I don't know if it's 50-50, but it's, there's a good chance, maybe it's 30% chance, that uh, Donald Trump wins Indiana by a large margin that makes it almost impossible for Cruz to keep him under 1237. And Carly Fiorina has just jumped in on the wrong side of this election one week. That's not good for her career. Before. This is not, it's not a good move for her. She could, the easy thing nope. to do, I mean, if you want to argue about someone putting their career in front of uh, the country, you want to talk about Mike Pence. I mean, if Pence is a guy who, who doesn't want to deal with the downside of picking the wrong guy if Cruz were to lose, so he doesn't, um, he doesn't come in and endorse, he stays out of it, and then his hands are clean. That's doing something for your career instead of doing something for your country. To jump into this thing uh, potentially six days before it's over it makes no sense for your career at all. It's crazy. It's actually, you can really argue it's a bad move. For Carly Fiorina. I mean, if you were a political consultant and you went to Carly Fiorina and said, look, here's what you should do. Uh, the last thing in the world you would say, hey, jump into this thing. Because if, if she, you know, the only thing that can happen um, is either uh, she, uh, she loses in Indiana, which would obviously be bad, or they win in Indiana, which is still not a foregone conclusion that they would win the nomination. Um, so, you know, you could easily wait and see what happens if you really wanted to jump in later. Um, I think if you're jumping in now, you're taking a big risk because if you if this doesn't turn around, they're going to say, well, this didn't work. The fear in a thing's down. It doesn't doesn't do anything. It doesn't move the needle. I mean, so you're taking a huge risk here. Um, and honestly, Carly Fiorina did a good job in the campaign without this Ted Cruz thing. She did a good job. She didn't win, obviously, but she came from nowhere. I think if anything, she improved uh, the way people in the Republican Party look at her. I think people look at her and say, wow, she is competent. She could have a future. She could run somewhere else. Mm-hmm. She could do something else. I mean, you know, she could be, you know, uh, any number of cabinet positions for any Republican president. Uh, any, any level of business she wanted to go to, she would be able to at this point. Instead, she's jumping in with a guy who's unpopular with the establishment a week before she could lose and be, and be blamed for it. I mean, it makes no sense for her on a personal level. Yeah. It just shows that Fox is in the tank. For, for Donald Trump. I mean, so many certainly of these Certainly many of them are. I mean, I, I mean Peter know. Johnson Jr. certainly sounded like it this morning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just unbelievable. Triple eight seven two seven back. You know, you could uh, start your short-term emergency food supply today. Like, right now, get on the phone and give them a call.
Uh, My Patriot Supply. Yes. Uh, that's the people you should call. Mm-hmm. Um, they have brought back their best deal ever. We're talking a 72-hour emergency food supply for $10. 10 bucks. That's it. I mean, 10 bucks is one meal. It's not three days' worth of food. Exactly. Okay. And it's one meal. so you'll instantly save 60%. Right there. So think about this. Just $10 guarantees you can eat for 72 hours in any emergency, which they always say is how long it takes for outside help to arrive. Hmm. Give them a call. 888-411-6844. 888-411-6844. Or online at preparewiththeblaze.com. Again, it's 10 bucks. You want to take, you're saying to yourself, oh, I don't really want to do a lot when it comes to preparedness. Oh, I, you know, I don't really want to deal with it. For 10 bucks, you, you can deal with it. You can go to McDonald's today for lunch and spend more than 10 bucks. Oh, easy. On a burger, fries, and a shake. Jeffy, have you probably... ever spent less than $100 for McDonald's? You can't say, uh, are, you, are you ready to order? You can't say yes without spending 10 bucks at McDonald's. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's actually exactly not right. So plus, right. I yeah, mean, it's, this it's right here, right. you talk about that's emergencies, right. I mean, there's... <laughs> Got to be a long weekend coming up where you're going to need something to eat. <laughs> so that's worth 10 bucks. <laughs> Jeffy, I think you, you might have a problem we need to discuss later. 888-411-6844 or com. The founder of this company 10 years ago was trying to sell his house and went through real estate agent after real estate agent, and they were all talking a great game. And this guy who is selling his house, the founder of this uh, this company, He's, you know, he's kind of an important guy and, kind of, you know, should get the best treatment. And he said to his wife, if this is what it's like for us, how do people who have no clout ever get around this? So he started a company and it went into business, I think, three years ago. Their deal is their word is their bond and they are just like you. Now, how can I say that? Because I'm the founder of the company. We have a 1,000 agents across the country, and they are people that listen to this show. And so when you go through real estate agents I trust, it's sent to somebody who already – you already know their sensibilities. They already are cut from exactly the same cloth. There's got to be a better way. There is. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Triple eight seven two seven back. Patents too. Um, Donald Trump, genius that he is, mm-hmm. uh, brilliant man that he is. He's a winning winner who wins. He only wins, uh, except when he loses, of course. And he knows more about foreign policy than anybody. I mean, you just ask him about it. He can tell you anything. He can tell you which is which is the most important of the nuclear triad. He'll tell you the nuclear one. Is well, he's he'll tell very, you the straight devastation up. Is straight up is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. The devastation is amazing. You're right, and the nuclear part of the nuclear triad is the most important part of the nuclear triad. Is uh, so. Uh, so yesterday, he showed even more foreign policy chops when he was talking about the attacks in Kenya and Tanzania. Here he is. Look at what happened in the 1990s. Our embassies in Kenya and Tanzania. Oh, wait, what? And this was a horrible period of time for us. Horrible. We were attacked. Plus, there's no A in the word horrible. It was not a horrible time. It was a horrible time. Okay? But the embassy in Kenya and Tanzania 
Uh, unbelievable. This Again, guy. And we talked about this, this earlier. Do you make mistakes, sure. Does he? I mean, if you want to go through, you could. I'm sure you could find countries uh, in the world, uh, you know, cities in the world that. You that's can't a common pronounce. one. We've been talking Tanzania. about yeah. Kenya and Tanzania for twenty. Years We've because been talking they were about attacked. it because of the attacks. And this is, again, he's trying to gain credibility. He did the same thing with 9 11, calling it 7 11. Well, yeah. Nobody does that. Nobody does that. Nobody does uh, this. But Tanzania, like, if, <sighs> if it was just a, you know, if it was Zaire, right? Like, you'd say, and he said Zaire. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you might say, uh, okay, well, uh, you know, you're talking about a historical event in Zaire. You mispronounce it. Well, all right. But when you're talking about Tanzania, you're talking about a specific attack. You're talking about, hey, here's a speech in which I will show you I know what terrorism is. I know the situation. I know mm-hmm. the history. Uh, no, he doesn't. You know why? Because he's never discussed it before. It's never crossed his mind before this speech. He's reading someone else's words. And it's okay to have speeches written for you. Uh, but I, the issue I have with it is, like, you are trying to prove your knowledge here, and you don't have any because you've never thought of this stuff before. So, again, I would say, judging how bad he was on the prompter and how bad he was mispronouncing words and and things like that. Stop doing it. Just stop doing it. Just let him go out there and just say China and Mexico and millions. Because it's been working for him. Why not just let him keep doing it? Let him keep doing it. And, of course, the thought is that he's going to get ripped apart. But, I mean, he's going to anyway. He can't do that again. No, he can't. I mean, I was, uh, I mean uh, even as a person who can't stand Donald Trump, it, I was literally embarrassed for him watching that. He can't do it. He's not mm-hmm. good at that. And, you know, don't put him in a position. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I want Cruz to win, so put him in a position for the time being. Uh, but don't put, if you're one of his advisors, don't put him in a position like that. You're putting, it's like you're putting, like, hey, Jeffy, do a bunch of pull-ups. It's like, come on. He can't <laughs> handle that work. That's not his work. That's not, not his job. I know you're athletic. Well, my, I am about, since my shoulder surgery, you know, I'm still in rehab. I mean, once I get done with rehab. Then what? Then what will happen? I got an elbow surgery to get to. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, there's some, definitely a lot of surgeries that would prevent you. That. Now, that was not the only word he mispronounced. Is no, that true? apparently San Bernardino, too. Let's uh, check that out. A pause for reassessment will help us to prevent the next San Bernardino or, <laughs> frankly, Bernardino. much worse. Play that one more time. That's amazing. San Bernardino? San Bernardino? A pause for reassessment will help us to prevent the next San Bernardino. Or, frankly, much worse. He just can't read. I mean, is that the first time you've ever seen the word San Bernardino? That's weird. Uh, Uh, He's awful. You know, look. But he knows all the best words, you know. Helping him try to massage these blatant, you know, these completely ridiculous things he said, like, we're going to ban all Muslims, and then to come out and try to help justify those policies by writing some sort of legitimate justification around them is mm-hmm. embarrassing. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do it. I'd be out of that campaign if I was, hey, try to make that policy make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense, okay? Mm-hmm. It doesn't. Oh, well, if we pause a... Like, he, all of a sudden, he's all under control with the pause. Like, come on, nobody believes this, do they? I guess they do. He's winning, right? I guess He's winning. Do. I guess they do. Or they don't care. One of the two. I don't know, but uh, apparently he's the, according to Politico, he's also the uh, Kremlin's candidate. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Uh, I love this story. This, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of this. Now, because what's happened is Trump said nice things about Putin. Yeah. Right? Yep. And uh, we know that. 
So Putin on RT has started to um, uh, embrace uh, Donald Trump as the candidate, the I'll only candidate that's smart, he has. right? Oh, that makes oh, sense. That he has. But the best part of this is not that that Russia's done this on RT, which you'd expect, but the fact that we've forgotten that our friend Ed Schultz and the Ed Brand has moved to RT. Wait, this is, I'm not sure I knew that. Oh, yes. oh yeah, we announced that's it. where he is now. We announced it on the air. Ed Schultz is mm-hmm. at RT. If if I knew that, I completely forgot. Uh, it's wow. amazing. Listen to this. Uh, of course, wow. you remember him on MSNBC, you know, being critical of conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, uh, this is Schultz delighted in this is back in the day. Schultz delighted in ripping conservatives for what he called their love affair with a Russian leader and his ability to make the Obama look weak on the world stage. They hate Obama so much they would embrace the head of the KGB. Putin is their new hero, Schultz said in 2013. In another, he smugly reminded conservatives about Putin's nasty human rights record and his reckless behavior that was crippling Russia. More generally, Schultz often framed the GOP opposition to Obama as anti-American or unpatriotic. That was all before last July. When MSNBC abruptly canceled the Ed show after a six-year run and dumped the 62-year-old uh, populist from his network, uh, from the network. By the time Schultz resurfaced this January, he had been reincarnated as a very different journalist, a primetime host, reporter, and political analyst for RT America, the U.S. branch of the global cable network formerly known as Russia Today. Gone is the praise for Obama and Clinton. Gone too are the mocking references to Pooty. And gone are the judgments about others' patriotism. Schultz's RT show, The News with Ed Schultz, now features Putin-friendly discussions about the failings of U.S. policy in the Middle East, America's bloated defense budget, and the futility of NATO's strategy. Even Trump is getting a new look from Schultz. Speaking at various points on RT in recent months, Schultz has said that Trump has tapped into an anger among working people and is talking about things people care about. And even as Schultz recently declared, Trump would easily be able to function as president. This guy is the biggest sellout oh in history. my gosh. This, uh, uh, wow. Uh, there's so, that I is mean, really this, something. It's poli- this is Politico. I think it's Politico magazine who did this. Um, and it's worth a read of the whole thing. But they talk about how they're influencing. But the, the, I love the Ed Schultz part because we said this before. Schultz was initially a conservative or a Republican at one point in his career. And then realized he had failed over and over and over and over again to get out of Fargo doing conservative talk radio. Then converted to a liberal, uh, which because there are no liberal talk show hosts, he was praised mm-hmm. as the next Rush Limbaugh. Right. When that failed and he got kicked off of there and now got kicked off television, he's now gone to Russia today as the new pro-Russia, pro-Vladimir Putin, pro-now seemingly Donald Trump version of a host. I mean, you want to talk about a guy who will go anywhere for money. Uh, it's, 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 it's Russia Today's own, Ed Schultz. Oh, we have the promo? Oh, yeah, look at that. Yeah, we, played the, that. we played the opening video from him when he first went to Russia Today, too. And, and maybe we can find that, because, Pat, that'll jog your memory of how good he really is. Yeah. And remember, he also, now in, in between Russia Today and MSNBC, is when he, uh, uh, or RT, sorry, uh, that uh, he had, you know, the Ed channel. Yes. And uh, Yeah, he was doing the Internet thing, and right? And I'm surprised that he gave That was doing so well, I'm surprised he gave Yeah, it. everybody was talking about it. Uh, it's the only thing anybody ever talked about when he was doing it. <laughs> and now he sells out to Russian propaganda? Yeah. Wow, is that pathetic. Well, he and Larry King have done that. Is Larry King still on RT? He's uh, still there, right? So I think he does a little short clip yeah. interviews yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I think, he, I think he is still on. 
Uh, it's interesting because Russia today kind of fancies themselves as an edgy CNN or, or uh, BBC network. Uh, but really, all they are is Russian propaganda. Um, and so now they've even got uh, they've even gotten Ed Schultz. How how pathetic do you have to be? How hard up do you have to be to sell out to the Kremlin in in, in your career, in your journalistic career, whether you're a journalist or a TV commentator or whatever? And Russia Today, RT comes to you and says, hey, uh, you know, they come to me and say, hey, Pat, we'd like you to do, uh, we'd like you to host a show. We'd like you to do commentary. We'll pay you $10 million a year. There is no way I'm going to RT. No. You're selling out your country. <laughs> Would you do that, Jeffy? I mean, $10 million a year? The uh, biggest dirtbag alive. RT. Of course, you're on. You're on, right? Welcome oh. to RT. <laughs> Jeffy, absolutely. I mean, you do it for... a year? Oh, my God. Jeffy would do it for $15,000 a year. Would you go to Russia today and, and do that for fifteen grand a year? I think you would. I mean, do I get, like, free coffee and stuff while I'm there? Mm, yes. The studios? No. no. Well, not free, but it's it a dime. A they give you a discounted rate. They subsidize it, like the Soviet yeah. government. Yeah, yeah, well, that'd be, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that's, it's amazing. I mean, we, a lot of people were really critical bad. of uh, hosts who went over to Al Jazeera. Uh, yeah, where is the criticism for the people that are doing this? Didn't yeah. Soledad O'Brien go to Al Jazeera? Yeah, a bunch of hosts. Yeah, uh, and uh, how'd that work out? Was that pretty pretty good? Pretty good. Yeah, if I remember right, pretty good. Like they're number one in uh, all of network news now, uh, something or no? Wait, no, they're gone. That's right. Yes, that, I knew it was uh, one of those. But yeah. I mean, if you think about that, it's basically just a really long vacation. <laughs> We've, we lost we've, them. We've lost them. We lost they're, they're sick. Oh, no. They're, they're, uh, they're fading oh, away. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. Oh, no. 888727 Beck. More patents do come on. Ed Schultz. How do you even look at yourself in the mirror? Seriously. <laughs> we should try to get him on the show. Let's try to get him on patents do. <laughs> hey, you fat, bloated douche. How do you even look yourself in the mirror in the morning? You were- The American middle class has there been is. railroaded by Washington <laughs> politics. <laughs> Big money corporate interest has drowned out a lot of voices. That's how it is in the news culture in this country now. Mm-hmm. That's where I come in. That's where he comes in. I'm Ed Schultz. I do the news on RT America. Okay. I'll make sure you don't get railroaded. And yeah. you get the straight talk and the straight news. Oh, straight but news from RT, you bet. From Russia? Oh, yeah. you know you're getting the straight talk and the straight news from Moscow. For America? Are you kidding me? Oh, absolutely. That's unreal. I do remember that now that, yeah. now that you, I see the train spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy that he's there. One thing uh, that's kind of interesting in there is that uh, he's, uh, he's saying you're going to get railroaded and he's standing on railroad tracks. Right. That's. Yeah. See what he did? See what they did? You see what they tried? Yeah. Like what he it's was like saying. like a railroading was, thing and then they show you the actual. That's why he was on do the Do a visual tracks. of it. And so if you're a visual learner, (laughs) (laughs) what would you consider yourself, Jeffy? A visual learner? uh, Tactile? I I look at you as a tactile kind of guy. You want to touch it. I do. Mm -hmm. I do want to touch it. There's no question about that. Uh, What's good about the Ed Schultz uh, Mm -hmm. promo there is uh, it's talking about premiering the end of January. And so 
I'm sure that he felt that since he was premiering the end of January that, man, his super PAC that he had created. Oh, yeah. His, uh, the Ed Schultz. Um, that was going to take off. Americans for a strong middle class super PAC was going to take right off. But How's that doing so far? later, mm-hmm. uh, in February, before the end of February, yeah, he had to shut it down. Yeah. Well, too much money. To, like, was it, too what, much money. Things? They didn't know what to do with the $25. What to do with all the money the $25 they raised. Well, but to be fair, <laughs> they only racked up... Um, you know, a little over ten thousand dollars in legal fees. Right. It took uh, three thousand dollars to uh, design the website. Correct. And then he borrowed a hundred dollars from somebody. So the mm. twenty-five dollars is just. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't stretch quite far enough, no, did it? it? So they shut no. it down instead. Twenty-five dollars did not stretch far enough. <laughs> He's really <laughs> hoping for a fish oh, and, and loaves of bread scenario to happen with that hundred bucks. It yeah. just did not occur. It no, didn't it did work. Not. Didn't work Sad. for him. You know, speaking of Russia, um, this is kind of interesting. I meant to talk about this the other day. Did you see the Russian tennis player that was disqualified for racism during his match? No. They threw him out for saying something to the to the umpire uh, during the tennis match. Um, you know what he oh. said? No. The racist statement he made uh, at the Savannah Challenger United States Tennis Association uh, event, 20-year-old Russian Daniil Medvedev said... Um, I know you're friends with my opponent. I'm sure of it. And he was disqualified. Whoa. Well, As a racist. Was it, I mean, I'm assuming that they were of the same race. Yes. They were both black. But is that a racist statement to say, I know you guys are friends. I'm sure of it. I, I, what? I mean, just that disqualifies you from a tennis tournament? That's so, really weird. Like, I mean, that's obviously really it weird. could, in theory, be a racist yes. statement. But it's it doesn't possible prove it, but... that you're saying that all black people know each other? I bet. Right. I mean, so what? Like, if I, if somebody said all white, all you white people know each other, would you be offended? <laughs> Is be that like, a terrible I mean, thing? No, I mean that's a stupid statement. We don't all know each other. Right. And I'd kind of move on with my life. <laughs> wow, is that really it? He didn't say that's, anything else throughout the match. All they quoted because the, the microphone. Black yeah, the, the microphone picked black. up. I know that you were friends. I'm sure about it. Uh wow, that's amazing. If that'll get you tossed out of a tennis tournament in the United States of America, that's the temperament, though, right? Yeah, it is. It's wow. amazing because where we not, are right now. And I understand that, that that is a legal standard: innocent until proven guilty. I understand that. Right. So that doesn't necessarily apply here. But it's like when you're accusing someone of something that bad, where like you're saying this person is a mm-hmm. racist, uh, don't you need to have evidence? Like if at another point he said all black people know each other or I don't like black people or something, something. of that effect, maybe. Yeah, something. I mean, or you, you use the N-word or whatever right. the case may be. Right. You kind of have something worse than that. I know you guys are friends. I'm sure about it. Uh, like, I mean, to me, that says, like, he's accusing him of corruption. Yes. Right? Like, you, you're cheating yeah. on his behalf because you're friends. Maybe you penalize him a point for that, you know? But you don't kick him out of the tournament for that. That's pathetic. Wow. Pathetic. Imagine what, we could get Jeffy thrown out of here immediately if we use standards like that. <laughs> yes. Let's start that. Let's start it. You imagine how many tournaments John McEnroe would have been thrown out, the things he used to say? That guy used to go crazy every tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, All right, we also have a a, a tweet from Donald Trump. 
uh, that was kind <laughs> nice. of interesting. He's he's on he's on the campaign tour in uh, in Indiana, and he says I'm in Indiana where we just had a great rally. Fantastic people staying at a Holiday Inn Express, new and clean, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course this is funny because of the Holiday Inn Express commercials, which a person mm -hmm. who has no knowledge in a topic becomes a expert. Because he stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. How ironic! Night. It's almost like his entire story. Um, and I will also say this: um, as we a, stayed, we at, stayed Holiday at Holiday Inn, Inn Express. Expresses in Iowa, Iowa. and uh, we would we found them very nice. I will say oh, I was very nice. really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, because I was expecting a dump. Right, because you and it wasn't. Uh, you're no, a bit of a hotel really nice. snob. I would say I'm kind of a hotel snob now because, you know, in the past we've you know traveled fairly well with the company. And it does tend to, you know, you you certainly want that standard right. to continue. Sure, sure. And so when you then are relegated to a Holiday Inn Express, you're thinking, oh, great, it's going to be like a Motel 6 or something. Not at all. The place nice. was really nice. Now, Jeffy's really just nice. happy to be inside when he sleeps. I mean, that's... Wow. Yeah. Yes. So Motel 6 is down the tubes then. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, but I mean, you I can... will say Holiday Inn Express though, and they're usually reasonably priced. Yeah, they're you good. The breakfast, they're good. Is that the place, place that we had the pancake machine? I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. have their Holiday breakfast every morning. So, down there, yeah. so they have a situation yeah. where, and we talked about this a little bit on the air when it happened. But there's a machine. It's a pancake <laughs> machine, and you press the button on the pancake machine, and out comes a pancake out of the pancake machine. No, people don't believe what you're saying. I, it's unfathomable. They don't believe what you're saying. I I will find pictures. It is true. I, I can testify to it because I was there and I tried it and it worked and, and they it was were good. delicious. Yeah. Uh, the batter stored inside. It's too good to, people think it's too good to be true, so they don't believe it. And you press it and a, and a pancake just, just flops out of the side of it and you put it on your plate and you eat it and it was good. It was a good pancake, too. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Man, people get mad after you stand there for about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, Jeffy, you just kept just pressing getting one after another. Just keep eating it as it's pumping out some more. <laughs> yeah, because that's the problem. Pissed. And I will say the only issue with this particular <laughs> thing is it's, it, it does not spit them out at Jeffy eating levels. No, no. it does not. Uh, it's a lot slower than that. You know, it takes like 30 seconds per About 30 pancake, probably, yeah. Which, you know, Jeffy's, you know, eats, eats, you know, you're about a pancake a second guy. I mean, and that's not because you're eating a pancake per second, but you have a stack of 30 that you eat in 30 seconds. <laughs> so it's a, the ratio is about a pancake per second. Uh, you know, whatever, I've never timed it. I have. I know the exact time. Okay, I've seen you eat. And, as, uh, and, and Donald Trump, I mean, again, another lie, said that John Kasich was the most disgusting thing he's ever seen a human being eat. He's never seen Jeffy. Right. Clearly he has. Oh. Otherwise he would. Well, he would have said that because he lies all the time. Um, so, also yesterday, Bobby Knight, from whom we haven't heard in I don't know how long, since he was coach at Texas Tech for a while. Play, he was basketball coach at Indiana, of course, for a really long time. He does do some uh, TV for NCAA basketball. Every so, once in yeah, a while, yeah. you'll see him pop up on some broadcast as color commentator or the third guy or whatever. Uh, yesterday, here's what he said uh, about the guy he thinks should be our next president, Donald J. Trump. You folks are taking a look at the most prepared man in history to step in as president of the United States. That man right there. Holy crap. Is there that the... has never been a presidential candidate oh my. He's prepared really to the length that this man is. What? 
I mean, that might be the dumbest thing ever uttered by any surrogate of any campaign in world history. Not just American, world history. That might be the dumbest thing ever said. Because I think you could say, and I don't believe wow. this, I, I don't believe this at all, but I think you could say wow. Donald Trump could be a good president, right? Like yes. You could, you could yes. make the argument. I don't agree with it at all. No. But there is literally no argument that he's the most prepared. He doesn't know anything. He's the cons- only argument is that it's the opposite. Yeah. He's the least prepared. He doesn't know anything about anything. And then to call him the most prepared in history, you can only chalk that up to some sort of dementia. Yeah, how, how old is Bobby? How old is he now? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that is that unreal. That was uh, got to be in his seventies, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe even more than that. I don't Trump know. Uh, supporting uh, had some wow. comments on Bobby Knight as well, saying he really wanted the endorsement. And we'll talk about some of his other endorsements in a second. But here's uh, Trump on Bobby Knight. All right. About three weeks ago, I said, "Boy, this Indiana is turning out to be a very, very important place, as it should be." Right. And I said to myself, and I speak to friends in Indiana, mm-hmm. but I said to Do myself, you? and who would be the greatest endorsement in the history of Indiana? And I said, I have to find that phone number, right? And I went out and I found the phone number right away. I knew exactly where it was. And I called up Coach Knight, Bobby. Mm. And I said, Coach. Do you remember me, Donald Trump? He said, I remember you. I've been waiting for you to call. It's a cool cat. You know, this is a cool cat. Wow. Uh, he's an unstable cat, just like you are, Donald. So no wonder the two of you get along so well. That was You're both freaking nuts. Weird. That r- really weird. The whole thing's weird. Bobby Knight hasn't been an icon in Indiana for a long time. How long's it been? I mean, a long time. Although I mean, I still he's probably still right. very, yeah, yeah, yeah. very much adored. I'm Absolutely, sure with yeah. Indiana University fans, but I think so. I mean, he's 75 now. Yeah, 75. So, you know. Most wins ever or second most wins ever? Does Dean Smith beat him? Is Dean Smith ahead of him? I think Smith does beat him. Or Shashevsky beat him? Done. Yeah, maybe Duke's coach Mike Shashevsky. Yeah, I don't know. He's he's in the top five, right? I mean, for sure. Yes, um, I would yeah, say. Bobby yes. Knight's got a great you know history. Obviously, he's but you know he's a, volatile. Volatile, lots of problems. I mean, it Volatile fits history. perfectly. Another perfect endorsement. I will say Trump's had some perfect endorsements. The Sarah Palin thing, perfect endorsement. The uh, right. the Bobby yeah. Knight thing, perfect endorsement. They and fit. The Mike Tyson thing, perfect right. endorsement. If only he could get uh, Charles Manson now, it'd be <laughs> it'd be the perfect triumvirate. Uh, more Pat and Stu coming up in a sec. We got to come back with the uh, Trump. Uh, 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 Tyson thing. Yes. Where he. Yes. Because, I mean, the rapists for Trump movement is really. It's, it's really a powerful one. It's a powerful movement. to a large extent, Mike Tyson was railroaded in this case. You have a young woman that was in his room, his hotel room, late in the evening at her own will. You have a young woman who Uh was seen dancing for the beauty contest, dancing with a big smile on her face, looked Mm. happy as could be. 
Wow. There you go. Uh, there's Donald Trump talking about uh, Tyson. You know, he's now touting the Tyson endorsement. Someone wrote me yesterday. I was like, oh, who cares if he's touting the Tyson endorsement? Uh, a person who, uh, who said something bad about gays uh, endorsed Ted Cruz. Well, first of all, uh, Cruz uh, denounced that person. So right. he didn't. He's not touting the endorsement. He denounced. Doesn't it. even know the another, guy. Another interesting thing is that the saying something bad about a group is different than raping a woman. It's, uh, huh. Both are distasteful. Huh. Well, I will grant you that. Uh, there's scales of that uh -huh. uh, that might be a little bit different. Huh. Um, so there you go. Uh, I guess uh, YouTube is taking on Donald Trump and his complaints all the time. Uh, here's someone on YouTube who's uh, trying to help out with a Donald Trump press conference. You know, I was watching upstairs, and it was really amazing to be watching what I was watching, and, and some of the pundits, and overall fair, but not too much, but a number of the pundits said, well, if a couple of the other candidates dropped out, if you add their scores together, it's going to equal Trump. These geniuses, they're geniuses. They don't understand that as people drop out, I'm going to get a lot of those votes also. You don't just, you don't just add them together. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> it's an interesting character, isn't he? Uh, I've got another clip of uh, that. This is on uh, some other, uh, Donald Trump congratulating some other candidates. So, I think we're going to do very, very well. We're going to do very well. I want to also congratulate the other candidates and in particular, I have to say, uh, Ted and Marco did a really good job, and they got, they did quite well, as I understand. Nah, come on, just, just one minute. Come on, one second, right? Good. Okay, we go back to war tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, we'll be back. But I just want to congratulate the other candidates. There's nothing easy about running for president, I can tell you. It's <laughs> tough, it's nasty, it's mean, it's vicious, it's beautiful. Funny. Yeah, funny. that is funny. Uh, funny. So there you go. I don't know. I, I, do you think the rapist for Trump thing has a has a real, a real? Uh, it's uh, it's got a nice ring to it. You mm -hmm. got uh, you got right away. You got uh, Mike Tyson, who's an actual rapist. Right. Bobby Knight, who said uh, in an interview in 1988 that he uh, that if you're in the middle of a rape and it's inevitable, just lay back and enjoy it. Now, he was making an analogy, but still, he's at least showing some signs of maybe joining this group. You've got, uh, he went and was praising Joe Paterno, who, again, did not rape anybody, but was involved in a scandal. Mm -hmm. um, uh, maybe there's a line for him to go here. I mean, maybe, uh, he's obviously got a lot of white supremacist uh, support. Um, so you've got a bunch of different groups uh, working out. Well, you've got rapists for Trump, uh, Nazis for Trump. I mean, that... Th this is a coalition that's growing here. <laughs> they have not come together uh, officially yet, though, however. The rapists and the Nazis? The, uh, correct. And uh, it's even all the rapists uh, are, you know, sure they're for Trump. We hear it here and there, here and there. That coalition isn't built, though, yet. You got it's it not 100%. solid yet? No, it is not. Really? We've got to get no, a cohesive rape unit. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've been attempting to got make it. that happen. But, yeah. uh, it's sort of like Trump SVU, you know? <laughs> I guess it's really kind of what it is at this point. <laughs> really? That's it. It is sort of a special victim. You know. Sort of. All right. Sort uh, of. By the way, if, if San Bernardino is San Bornadino, uh -huh. is Bernie Sanders Bernie Sanders? Huh. Think about it. We'll have to look into that. We'll come back in a second. Yeah. More.
Hello and welcome. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. I guess there's a Sanders shakeup now, huh? Well, Bernie's doing a little shaking up. His campaign laid off hundreds of staffers after the most recent primary losses. I mean, the guy's done. Seriously. I, and I know that there are people who are saying the same thing about Cruz, but Bernie's been done for a long time. And with the super delegate situation, there's just no way he could win. He had no path to victory. He was begging for him. But he's still hanging in there. I mean, Vermont uh, Senator Bernie Sanders' campaign has begun letting go of several hundred people, according to sources. Just weird because, uh, excuse me, it was weird because I distinctly remember his campaign being about how people should not be laid off from their jobs just because you don't have, your finances aren't working out so well. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes people are even outsourcing those jobs, and I know he's against that. Why hmm. would he lay off people? Why would he fire? Oh, that's a really people? good point, Stu. Interested because that's his whole campaign huh. was income inequality. If those people are making zero dollars a year, how can they be equal in- income wise? Wow, and he's making a lot more. He's oh. making one hundred and seventy-five thousand oh dollars a year. And these as people US are, are out of work. And these people are out of work. There's a lot of inequality going on in wow. his campaign. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the uh, layoffs began as he lost four of the five primary states up for grabs, um, further deepening the divide in delegates between the two. I, I mean, Hillary's getting pretty close now, isn't she? How close is I, I she to the, the... The Democrat side we have They need 2,600, is it? Is it 2,600? I, I, I mean, I haven't been that interested because they're both horrifically bad oh, candidates. 2,383 needed for nomination. She's at 2,165. Oh, my That's gosh. Over. I mean, remember, there's more candidates, wow. there's more delegates available in each state uh, for the Democrats. Is that, is that including superdelegates, yes. or is she at 21 without the superdelegates? It's, it's including. She's okay. at uh, 1645 without them. But remember, the superdelegates, I mean, they can change their mind, but they're there. Yeah. I mean, they're there. Yeah. The only reason they wouldn't be there is, you know, she got indicted. You know, she, uh, like, she had to drop out for some reason, you know, like they could switch. I mean, they would only that's why I said the New York thing was the absolute last uh, nail in the coffin for Bernie Sanders. If Bernie Sanders, let's say, went into New York and instead of losing by 12 or 14, whatever it was, he won by 12 or 14. And it really started, mm-hmm. and then he started leading in all the national polls and really started looking like he was the guy. Maybe some of those people would start changing and an avalanche would happen and it could switch. Uh, but that did not happen. I mean, Hillary, Hillary, right. Hillary's done a good job. I mean, you know. It should have been easier for her. She should have won more quickly. Mm-hmm. She should have put this away a long time ago. However, mm-hmm. she still leads by what three million votes. This is not a close election. No, you know, um, you know. Again, and like even if you look at the Trump, it's closer than Cruz, it should have been. Yeah, it's it's it, but it's more. It's for, it's a bigger lead than the Trump Cruz thing. Um, first of all, but second of all. Even the Trump-Cruz thing, like, Cruz has an uphill battle. Like, I'm not sitting here telling you that Cruz is right on his heels right now. Trump has a lead. Um, he just has to get over the finish line. And if he can't get over the finish line, then Cruz could easily win on the second ballot. But Cruz is mm-hmm. not going to win. He's not going to get to 1237 before the end of this uh, primary. No. He's been, I think he's mathematically eliminated yeah. from that. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Bernie did uh, pretty well. Showing up at at Purdue University, where 2,200 showed up for a town hall. The event marked Sanders' first visit to Indiana during his presidential campaign. And uh, here's a look. I am very good in arithmetic, <laughs> and I can count delegates, and we are behind today. But you know what? Unusual things happen in politics. And with your help, 
We are going to win the pledged delegates. And with your help, superdelegates may well reach the conclusion that Bernie Sanders will be the strongest candidate against Donald Trump or any other Republican. These weird hand gestures that these guys do. Uh, Trump, Sanders. Trump does this a lot. He's doesn't me a lot of this. All the time. All the time he's doing that. What, what is that? He does this too. But uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, it's, I should try to do it more of his style. It's like With his fingers. teeny little hands? Because he's kind of, yeah. you know, he has small hands is what I was trying it, to say there. It's a weird uh, thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sanders, I mean, look, he has, that is exactly the argument we just talked about. Um, now, Sanders, in pledged delegates, of course, I think I just closed it, didn't I? Uh, no, here it is. <laughs> pledged delegates, it's 1645 to 1318. So it's mildly close when it comes to uh, pledged delegates. I mean, I would say 300 delegates is about what it is probably in the Republican race, too. Yeah. It's, a, it's fairly close, although there's more delegates there. So, the, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, the numbers are a little bit different. But, you know, superdelegates, he's losing 520 to 39. That's his issue. I mean, really, he, mm. he is not, you know, he's... Then that's why the Democratic race... He's hoping race, they'll change their mind. Right. Again, the Democratic race is set up in some ways like... And it, the systems are different, but they both do the same thing, Republican and Democratic race, which is if the American people... Uh, in the party, have a real preference, that real preference will win. If they have a mild preference, eh, the party might take that away from you. They might mm-hmm. say, you know what, no. And I don't mean the party, but I mean the people, in the, the people who follow this stuff every day, the delegates, the, uh, the activists in, in the community. They have a little bit of power to take that away. Um, now, the superdelegates thing, it's very straight line. Like, each state is proportional which is like if it was set up like with the Republican side, Bernie would still have a chance because Bernie would be able to say, well, I can sweep winner take all states and, and you mm-hmm. know, make that, you know, tighten that gap a little bit. The problem with the Democratic side is it's all proportional. So, like, you know, even if he wins 60-40, and, and I think he has to win something like an average of 60-40 in every state to catch her. And that's not going to happen. He's not going to win by 20 points in every state. Now, if he had to win by one point to get a winner-take-all situation, it happens a lot faster, which is why we've said overall, uh, and by a large margin, the delegate rules have benefited, not hurt, benefited Donald Trump. If it was not for the rules, if they were just proportional, he would not have a chance at getting the majority of these delegates. He would not have a chance. He, they All the candidates would be mathematically eliminated. And I ask this because... If the rules that Trump says he wants were applied, then uh, you'd have proportional delegates. None of the candidates would have a chance to get to 1237. Then what would you want? Right? Like, mm-hmm. at some point, the decision needs to be made. Um, and the, the decision usually happens in, you know, you, I mean, you've been talking about this a lot, Pat, with the contested elections. I mean, it comes down to multiple ballots, sometimes up to 103 ballots mm-hmm. to get your candidate. Mm-hmm. I mean... These weird things happen in those situations. It takes a lot. And it, on the Republican side, it all depends on Indiana right now. And I, I just watch a Fox News. Who's trying to, they're trying to make this impossible for Cruz. But they just showed a uh, poll. The real clear politics average is Trump by six in Indiana. Uh, not good. So if you're in Indiana, talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. Make sure that they're, you know, they understand what's at stake here. Uh, get Cruz supporters out to vote. So this coming, it's this coming Tuesday, right? 
it's just this next week. This next week. Mm-hmm. So this is it. I mean, this is it. And my, I mean, this is it. My summary of the Trump uh, thing, if you missed this on the radio the other day, uh, of the Trump past couple of weeks was before the last couple of weeks, Trump uh, needed to win Indiana. It was a must win to get mm-hmm. to 1237. Now it has changed. It is now a mm-hmm. must win for Cruz. To have a chance to stop it Big from time. getting 12 It really is. And so this is an advantage really for Trump, and he's, and he's done well in the last couple of weeks. I mean, there's no yeah. doubting. No doubting. I, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I don't want that to be the outcome. But, you know, you give credit where credit is due. That's what we've done this whole time. Trump has had some really good results, and he's underperformed sometimes. He overperformed the last two weeks. And if he can continue to overperform, he will win the nomination with over 1237. And all this contested convention stuff will be stuff that it was just an interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, these rules are set up so that we don't have contested conventions. Um, they are they are set up so that the person who is leading, if they can, if they're not completely incompetent, can seal the deal pretty quickly. So Trump has not hit that standard yet, but he may. Yeah, he may. Uh, be interesting to see. Um, and I, I just it's our last it's our last ditch effort in in Indiana. It pretty much all hinges on what Indiana does. Meanwhile, uh, with Bernie and uh, and Hillary, they were they did a, a debate. Was it last week? Seems like I I think it was just last week or the week before. I, I never pay attention to the Democrat debates because I just can't handle these socialist debates. It drives me out of my mind. Um, but it makes it a little bit better when bad lip reading takes these and does this with them. Senator Sanders, this question is for you. If I mixed lemonade and the contents of an ashtray that a French guy left at a Radisson, do you think that's something that Hillary could like to eat? Wolf, I do. Very much. I think she'd very much like to eat it. She'd like it very much. Um, We may have the same hair, and we snicker at home. And we like coffee that's 3% boiled shrimp and 70 parts Bacardi. That would be so good. But unlike my opponent, I have a glass child. I call the kid Little Bong Bong. And we have one in a cave, and I peek at them because it's not a real one. <laughs> oh, I want more. I want what? More. Okay, well, well you're going to get more because Hillary responds to that uh, outrageous statement by Bernie. Uh, I don't think she appreciated it. <laughs> Cokeheads. <laughs> what are you going to do, right? Gotta love Bernie boy. He's crazy. <sighs> Check this out, all right? This guy is a balding dude. Wow. He's balding. He's oh. always balding. And he pinched my little feet because I saw him in his Porsche. <laughs> now, Senator Sanders, she's saying you pinched her. Is that right? Jump in the box. These are amazing. They are. I don't know what is funny. Like it's like it's funny that. They, they come the, the, close too. Yeah, they come you know? close. Like you can see they that they match the voices. The yeah. And also, the, the, the words are so random. It's not just th- that it fits. Right. There's something really odd about the randomness of what of what they have them say. Yeah, it is. It is it's amazing. Weird. One more uh, piece. Yeah, because Bernie breaks into song. Maybe you missed this during the. the, the I went uh, to Hawaii years ago, debate. and this hitchhiker from New York. It's time for my song now. <laughs> 
Why is it creepy to juggle in bed? And God gave us hands. And God gave us balls. And God gave us beds. Dilum-da-dum. Yeah, what's up? Right in the middle of Hillary's thing, he, right? he says it's time for his song. That's kind of rude. Well, I haven't seen anyone say it wasn't time. I mean, it, <laughs> I've, no, I've heard no one say to Bernie that it was not his time. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That is really, I, I, I don't, I'd love to know how long, we should get those guys on the air. Because I really would like to know how long it takes to do that and what the process is. It, it's, uh, it's phenomenal. It really something. Triple eight seven two seven Beck eight 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 seven two seven B E C K. We've got a really good guest coming up uh, about the uh, climate hustle. Um, there's a new. It's a new movie coming out to, and it's hitting theaters. Right. This isn't just some some, so. some sort of uh, straight to video or Netflix thing. Right. right? It's, a, think- it's a big big night May second. So everybody goes. It's like a, 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 an event evening at the theater. Okay, it's one of those. Yes. Okay, and uh, we will talk to Mark Morano, who did the movie, coming up in a minute, next on Pat and Stu. God gave us hands, and he gave us balls, and he gave us bags. No challenge. No poses challenge. Poses a greater threat to future generations no. than climate change. Man, that's for sure. <laughs> wow, that's not true. You can't say that. Challenge. No challenge poses the kind of there's no challenge like climate change challenge. You know, not terrorism, not nukes, nothing. No challenge challenges us. Not the e- economy, which is uh, teetering on the brink of disaster thanks to him in part. Uh, there's no challenge that's so great as a as a 0.9 degree increase in temperature. I don't think that <laughs> over a hundred years. No challenge. Wow. Yeah, but that's Celsius, Pat. Right, it's actually one point. <laughs> yeah, it's even more six. than that. One point six degrees Fahrenheit, I think. One point seven. That? Can you feel that? One point six. Can you feel yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, because it, it went up, but like one point six degrees. I mean, tell me the difference when it's seventy-one as opposed to when it's seventy. Mm. I mean, you're like, Incredible. holy crap! It just got hot. <laughs> Whoo! <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Climate Hustle is in theaters uh, May 2nd, 
and the, the man responsible, Mark Morano, joins us right now on the Patents 2 Show. Mark, welcome. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, too. Happy to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. Uh, tell us about what, what, what about the, uh, you know, the catastrophic <laughs> things that are going on right now. And, I mean, all over the world there's, there's catastrophe because of the weather. And, I mean, you know, we're burning up and, and then yet we're also, uh, we're also freezing <laughs> in some places. And then some places are really dry and some places are really wet. And that's much the same as it's always been. However, <laughs> it's catastrophic right now. Um, so how do you deal with this when they have it both ways on every single point, Mark? Well, the, the film was May 2nd, one night only. And what we've done, we go <laughs> right at the head of what you're talking about. When they said global warming would cause less snow, they said snow would be mm -hmm. a thing of the past. Then we had record snow. We now have the snowiest decade on the East Coast in the, since 2010 ever recorded. And so what do they say now? Well, global warming wow. means more snow. They, they spin it around. <laughs> and they basically said yeah. many bad things will happen. So every time there's a flood, a drought, a tornado, a hurricane, they always say, and they actually people out there calling it poisoned weather, fossil fuel poisoned weather. The problem is, and as the film Climate Hustle shows, on every metric of extreme weather, there's either a declining trend or no trend. And in hurricanes and tornadoes, we're near record all-time lows. So mm -hmm. there's just the science that they're claiming is not there to support it. We have a lot of fun with humor in the film. <laughs> so is it – because, I mean, obviously the sort of uh, – the standard idea people have when they think climate movie is Al Gore's disaster – uh, mm -hmm. An inconvenient truth. Do you, is it that type of movie, or is I mean, you're going into all the charts, you're going into all the data, or are you just mocking no. these people? No, that, we, we, the opposite of Al Gore's <laughs> film and presentation. What we did, we went back four decades and used, we partnered with the Media Research Center to get all of their video archives. We go back, and this is not a one-sided documentary. Al Gore was a personal journey, him walking through airports and presenting one side of the story, and he mentions a couple of times the deniers and how wrong they are. What we do is we allow the global warming establishment, the climate activists, to speak for themselves. We proudly present them <laughs> in all the clips and interviews. We went to the climate march. They make their case, and then we analyze their case with skeptical scientists and everything. And I, th I let the viewer decide. It's going to be extremely entertaining because there's no – it's not like a bunch of talking heads, this film. This film brings to life the whole global warming movement in movie clips, TV clips, interview clips and a whole host of things. And we have a lot of fun. We make fun of global warming causes prostitution, allegedly. Global warming <laughs> causes airline turbulence. Global warming is even impacting the dead. I mean, we have a lot of fun. I think I heard you say, Mark, that you feature some skeptical scientists, which I know is a lie because there are none. There's total consensus <laughs> on this issue. So how can you possibly have skeptical scientists in this movie? Well, we do two things. First of all, we go right after that alleged consensus you just referred to. One of the first segments in the film is about the 97% consensus oh, good. alleged. Good. We have a UN nice. lead scientist who turned against the UN, who's done and testifies that he looked into these studies and they literally just crumble when you touch it. He said that the estimates are pulled from thin air to get to 97%. And we show the viewers that one of the 97% studies wasn't based on thousands of scientists, hundreds of scientists, or even 97 scientists. It was based on 77 anonymous scientists who they won't release the names of, who most skeptics would agree with the questions they asked anyway. It is a complete 
uh, just fallacy and height of arrogance wow. to claim 97%. But we also show scientists who are politically left. They endorsed President Obama. They voted for Al Gore. They'd vote for him again. They're French socialists. They're passionate environmentalists. Yet they completely dissent on man-made global warming and are skeptic. Hey, I, just, I don't understand the mentality here. It's just, it's such a strange thing when you see, I think, I mean, really when you talk to any individual person, anyone would say that the world has improved over the last few centuries. I mean, no one wants to go back to a point where we don't have these advancements, where we can't control the temperature at the specific level that we want, that we can't drive our cars wherever we want, where we can't use the energy for giant TVs and all the things that we come to enjoy. I mean, with the things they say they want to stop comes civilization. And yet here they are out in the streets arguing against it all the time. How do you reason with somebody? Because I don't care how much information you give to somebody like that. They're never coming along on the journey. Yeah, in fact, we actually feature scientists who used to be part of the global warming establishment, and then they reviewed the evidence, a lot of large part to the ClimateGate scandal in 2009. They reviewed it, became skeptic, and now they're openly called heretics. They're, the language mm. of religion is applied, not the language of science. Yep. And that's part of the thing. That's an, it's completely unscientific, their whole approach. These scientists, we feature uh, global warming scientists in here saying, Holocaust denier, climate denier. There's no difference. How do you have a rational conversation with people like that? You can't. It's the UN has actually stated that they want to essentially transform and make life very different for everyone on the planet with their treaty. And that's what they're trying to do. They want to redistribute wealth by climate policy. This has nothing to do with science. This is all about central planning, social engineering, and empowering bureaucrats. It's a campaign cause. Mark, you, you talk to these people all the time, and it's interesting to me that they they continue to claim that catastrophic changes are not coming, but they're here. And so right. what is it you hear from them? Because I know, you, you uh, again, you talk to them a lot. The, we've only had the, the 0.9 Celsius increase in temperature. Uh, there has been no intense uh, increase in, in intensity or frequency of hurricanes. In fact, quite the opposite. Tornadoes are the same as they've always been. What is it they're claiming is going on that is – because and, – and even the Arctic ice has not been catastrophic, has, has not even declined in many areas. So what is it they're claiming that has happened already? Well, one of the things they do, and this is the mo the, probably the most dishonest – is they claim the hottest year on record, the, mo the hottest they decade. do that every year. You peel back the wizard's curtain there, not only do you see the little old man at the, at the controls, but you find that this is essentially a political yeah. statement. They get these claims are within hundreds of a degree, and the temperatures are uncertain to within tenths of a degree. So they're well within the margin of error. They're well within what they adjust. And they're claiming, oh, it's the mm -hmm. hottest year. But wait a minute, you don't, the temperatures don't even measure that difference. And then they'll, claim, then they'll claim, well, this is the hottest year, but it's actually a fancy way of saying the global warming pause continues. So one of the things they try to say, it's record heat. You mentioned the Arctic. The Arctic satellite monitoring went up in the late 70s during the 1970s global cooling phase. So what's happened? Of course, it's warm, but they don't mention the Antarctic because that has actually cooled and the sea ice there has grown to record extent. So you have one pole that's melted and one pole that's gained ice. But... They will now say they originally said Antarctica, the South Pole, is supposed to lose ice. Then when that started gaining ice, they said, oh, you know what? Global warming causes an increase in ice, just like the snow. It <laughs> acts opposite predictions. They predict more fog, oh. less fog, malaria, less malaria, and, and a whole host of issues. 
And it's almost like no matter what happens, they can say they predicted it or it's because of global warming. I mean, it really is the furthest thing from science. It's emotion. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and I think it, it's difficult to defeat some of these arguments with facts because people are feeling emotional about these issues. They don't like the fact that their area is in a drought and they want something to blame. They don't like the fact that there's a, a scary storm that just rolled in and they want someone to blame. There's flooding here. They want someone, something to blame. You know, and people don't deal with uncertainty well, so they want to find an enemy. And the idea that they've picked the foundation of civilization as the enemy is, is, is quite shocking to me. But, I mean, isn't that really the root of this? I mean, they're, they're not even, I don't think they care whether, they're, whether these facts are true or not. They just want that enemy to chase. Yes. I mean, on that point, the EU climate commissioner, Connie Hedegaard, actually said, even if we're wrong on the science, we're doing the right thing by policy. Mm -hmm. They openly admit mm -hmm. they don't have to be right. We know that's the case because if you go back to the 1960s with the overpopulation scare and then the 70s and 80s with the Amazon rainforest scare, all these different environmental scares that have failed in the past, it didn't matter what the scare was. It was always the same solution, more central planning, more command and control government, more international bodies taking away more of our freedoms, taking away our light bulbs, our SUVs, our, our dishwashers and washing machines, taking away power from them. This is how their agenda works. It doesn't matter what the eco scare. They're using the climate scare to get what they've always wanted. We have an author named Naomi Klein who has a book out capitalism versus the climate, she openly says we need to ride the climate scare to get the goals, we, the left-wing goals we've always sought. Yeah. They're not hiding yeah. this fact. They openly talk about global governance. Yes. We have Al Gore in the movie uh, talking about we need fertility management in Africa. This is right out of the 1960s with the overpopulation scare. Wow. And it's interesting that he picks Africa as having too many people and we need to manage their population because they're projected to have the largest increase. So. We also have a scientist on video, and this is pretty shocking, who wants to genetically engineer humans in order to stop global warming. He wants to shrink them so we have, so we have smaller <laughs> carbon Not making it up in the movie. Mean, it's unbelievable. This, this movement really is the new communist movement, isn't it? I mean, uh, it was one of the Eastern Bloc, the former satellite, Soviet uh, satellite nations leaders. What was his name? Um, Baklov. Klaus. Klaus. Yeah, Klaus, who said that this is the new communism, this is the new movement. Uh, and I, I really believe that with, with everything in me. I mean, this is what their, what their goal is. It's all these extreme left wing. Uh, they want to change, the, they change the, the way we do economics. They want to change the way we do government. They want to change everything in our lives. So uh, was it difficult because of the subject matter to get distribution on this? Are, are we going to be able to see it in every city that... Uh, you know, across America? Yes, it's in every major city. We're in 400 theaters, one night only, May 2nd. You can actually go to climatehustle.com. Okay. Climatehustle.com, and you can look up the movie, and you can even buy your tickets online. There's a major feat to accomplish this, because mm -hmm. A, most people think climate documentary, oh, that's boring. I promise you. There is so much in this. We go through the whole history of tipping points. The UN issuing 10-year tipping points in the 1980s. The, the tipping point passes in like a doomsday person on a sidewalk, an end, end is near person holding a sign. They just cross out the date and give a new end date and act like they never did it. We have so much fun <laughs> with a, a month tipping point, day tipping point, minute tipping point. We go through the whole history. We have the video clips. It is just the height of silliness. People will love this, but... 
the reason you're not getting, you know, the reason Al Gore had better distribution is because he had Paramount Pictures behind him and yeah. a whole boatload of Hollywood money. We don't have that, but we're doing pretty well for an independent film. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it. Now, it's too. May 2nd, right, Which Mark? Which is this coming Monday. This coming Monday, this coming one Monday. night only, 400 mm -hmm. theaters across America. And where can you get the information on where it's shown? At ClimateHustle.com. And we're also playing in Toronto. We're leaking into Canada now. We're doing so well. So, yeah, ClimateHustle.com. Nice. One night only, May 2nd. Monday nice. Night. ClimateHustle.com. I got to see this. I'm, yeah, I'm excited too. to see it. Mark, thanks so much thanks, for coming Mark. on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Pat. Thank you. That's going to be great. I, I, can't, I actually I mean, got to gotta, 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 gotta get to that because I think it's the next night is the Indiana primary. So I'm glad right. it's not that night right? Um, because, you know, there's going to be so much going on there, obviously. Uh, so you get to the climate stuff on Monday. Uh, mm -hmm. And then Tuesday night, the primary, pretty cool. By the way, I will, I will say, too, um, kind of related matter, Friday night, uh, this coming uh, Friday, I believe, is the uh, Wonderful World of Sioux show on the Paris Climate Agreement, uh, which is, I mean... Works out nicely. It, yeah, works out well. Uh, wow. It's amazing. So uh, Friday night, watch okay. uh, watch Wonderful World of Sioux. Roll that into a nice uh, climate weekend. That's Maybe get, enjoy the climate mm -hmm. on the weekend and then mm -hmm. come out of the weekend on Monday and see Climate Hustle mm -hmm. in theaters. And, then, uh, and also... Uh, if you see Jeffy at the theater, punch him in the face because I can see what he's doing. He's standing over there waiting to criticize Wonderful World of Stu again, and so punch him in the face. By the way, uh, I will point out, Jeffy, that you're on the show all the time. So um... I got news for you, Stu. That doesn't make the show good. Oh, no, yeah, wait a minute. Wait. Yeah, you set a mouthful there. More Pat and Stu coming up. I mean, that's probably you know, a bad idea. Yeah, maybe not a good example there to use. Yeah. Probably shouldn't have promoted it. Not not smart. Yeah. Maybe you don't go to Jeffy for that kind of thing. The Patents Do Show, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Beck. So it's fun. Next week we can get the clipboard thing done. Is that possible? Uh, I, I mean, would this like is, it. Yeah. This is. It's getting. Anyway. It's, it's stupid. It's stupid. Okay? It's to the stupid level. It's to the stupid level. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you. you I mean, know, it's not Donald it's, Trump it's not, stupid yet, but yeah, it's, stu it's it's stupid. Certainly not Jeffy level stupid, but it's no. stupid at this point. I think yeah. we're we gonna get this corrected for next week. You look. That's the best I've ever seen you look, though. I will say that, Jeffy. Really? Yeah. yeah. If it was a little bit higher. You know, there oh, you that's go. That's nice. That's, that's good. Really nice. That's really nice. Wow. That's really good. But I don't have the clipboard in front of my face. America says thank you. But I don't have my, I'm not even holding the clipboard. Up. Yeah, I know. So there you go. Um, so, uh, Kim Jong-un has uh, ordered uh, missile launches. Um, he does that about every day. But only when he's angry, which is often lately. Mm -hmm. um, when he has, he does this on a whim to piss off the United States, um, but he does not, uh, does not have a... Uh, uh, he does not want to go to war. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, because obviously he's crazy. But I mm. will say that he probably knows he's going to lose a war, so maybe he would like to stay in power. Because mm -hmm. um, life for Kim Jong-un in, in North Korea is pretty sweet. It's not for anybody else. But for him, I bet it's pretty nice. Um, he can pretty much do whatever he wants. So, Yeah, the uh, Kenji Fujimoto, the former sushi chef, to the current leader's father, Kim Jong-il, told Japanese, news, uh, Japanese paper that the younger Kim's military decisions are made spontaneously. Hey, let's go fire off another rocket today. 
he's finally breaking his silence after his recent trip to Pyongyang, where he stayed April 12th through the 23rd. That's not a good idea to go to Pyongyang. I don't know if you're aware of that, uh, but you might stay there for a lot longer than you anticipate. Like the kid who took a poster off of a wall and has been sentenced to 15 years hard labor at a North Korean labor camp. <laughs> I, just, I was just kidding around is all I was doing. Yeah, that's and all. they didn't listen to that. And uh, they sentenced him to 15 years hard labor at a labor camp. Uh, the labor camps are not fun in North Korea. You don't eat real well. And uh, they don't treat you real well. Uh, you get serious, regular beatings. Uh, you get scant little food. I mean, it is like the quintessential um, Japanese internment camp, or, or you know, from the the Japanese kind of ran for our military guys when they tortured them and they they made them do hard labor and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of along those lines. And there's you know seventy five thousand Christians there. There's people who just took a poster off of a wall there. Uh, it's a bad place. I mean, North Korea <laughs> might be the uh, worst hellhole on Earth. Um, unsurprisingly, it also happens to be the most communist nation on Earth. Yeah. Hmm. They've actually, the, the ones yeah. that follow the communist doctrine closest happens to be North Korea. Yeah, because China now, communist nation, however, they're doing the hybrid. Mm -hmm. They're doing capitalism slash, they're doing state capitalism, essentially. Even Cuba, Cuba. Has, has broken out a little bit. Cuba's Venezuela broken out. Venezuela is, is more, I mean, it's more still a More socialist than communist. More socialist than You're right. The purest communist regime in the world is North Korea's. Mm -hmm. And look at it. Mm -hmm. It's it, the worst country on earth. Abject I mean, I, poverty, you, really you could horrible. maybe argue some, uh, you know, really uh, impoverished African nations might be worse because... You know, they don't even have, you know, they, like the communist government, a large portion, portion of the reason why they can't feed their people is because of the policies. Where in Africa, it's not even that necessarily. It's not necessarily that they all have. Yeah. I mean, some of it's them It's because have of drought and whatever it's, yeah, a lot of times in Africa. Really rough terrain. But there is a lot of corruption there, too. Sure. And, oh, yeah. And they were just, when was that story, Jeffy? I think Stu was gone at, at one of his oh, yeah, uh, yeah. many, 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 many vacations. Yeah. Um, That's a way to go. <laughs> Can't be here. It's like Johnny Carson. He takes off like eight times a week. I don't know. We haven't taken one week of vacation this year. <laughs> no, you, no, no. It's no, almost you've been, June. No, you're you're, you're taking, correct, Stu. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't. I haven't either. Yeah. I've only taken, th I've gone away for three weekends in which I've taken one day off. Well, no, the Super Bowl was two days off. Although I worked the freaking thing with you. I had to go and work on my Super Bowl weekend. You're talking and nobody's listening because all you do is take time off. <laughs> no, I think you were at the. You might have been. It wasn't the Super Bowl. No, it was your. You were in New York. I think it was either your New couple. York or your Las Vegas trip. So I had there's a Super trips. Bowl, there's New York, there's Las Vegas. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's, that's, that's a total of four days off. It's May. <laughs> that's not terrible. That's not terrible. Not yeah, we terrible. were supposed to. I mean, we're supposed to be course, a coddled days, show with lots of weeks of vacation. That's in our contract, I know, I know. and we're not taking it because it's damn election. The, the word, word "coddled" is actually in our contract. Yes, we're supposed to be massaged <laughs> in between each show. It never happens. It never, we have a constitution where happens. food is supposed to come when we just mention and it, and it, it never, never occurs. <laughs> so the point wasn't to bash you. Actually, you, it was. That. It was to get to the fact that. We were talking at that time about uh, famine, right? Yeah, he, he was warning his people to prepare for prepare famine. Prepare for, for famine. famine. Yeah. Why? Because of horrible communist policies. His policies have been so bad, they have botched the agricultural situation in North Korea so much 
that they're expecting famine now. I mean, mm. how often? Do you, that's like a biblical term. You don't even hear it anymore. Of course, I mean, of course, he's preparing for it because when I mean, you see him, he looks like a shell. He sure does. <laughs> he looks like a shell of himself. Whoa! Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Jeffy, he's fatter than you. Let's not get oh. ridiculous. Holy you know, crap! This. <laughs> I mean, Do we so have a? He's preparing for, for family. Look I mean, at those cheekies. They're, you oh, you want to see where you can really tell uh, that it's not only weight, but it's like new weight yeah. coming on. Is yeah. Look at the glasses line here, Jeffy. You can help me with this. <laughs> the glasses are pressing in against the fat. Exactly. Oh, yeah. They're too small. Look, they don't even get back to his ears anymore. They're barely like, like the hook is coming down. Yeah, he's starting to grow out of them. Yeah. You don't grow out of glasses. You're starting to fat out of them. Oh, you can, you, you can fat out of anything. Oh, my. So look at that. Uh, as an, as an expert, you can that. fat out of anything. Oh, there's a good side-by-side. Side. You tell me who's no, fatter. He's definitely Come on. fatter than Jeffy. He's fatter than freaking Jeffy. You want to start guy. a nuclear war. I mean, okay, I got it. I mean, I, I got it. I don't think necessarily need to keep hammering it home. I mean, <laughs> All right, fine. I will give you the honest opinion that it's about equal then. I mean, if you didn't, I was trying to be nice. And uh, No, I, that's a – first of all, I would like to say that, by the way, I was here for that story. So oh, you I, were? I, yeah, I followed your you vacation not. bashing. I know you were not. Now, you may have reiterated it. I definitely have heard the story, though, because you talked about it on the air. I think we did reiterate. That's one of your days that you worked but had to leave early because you were in New York and, oh, there was some kind of satellite thing. Whatever. Oh, oh, don't think I didn't forget about that. You guys need to understand that I don't care what you think. Like, that is a, it's a realization you need to come to. The only thing I care about now is the side-by-side with Jeffy. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. There we go. There There we go. Oh, now that it's zoomed in, he is as fat. (laughs) You need to open your mouth a little bit more, Jeffy. Other way, other way. Turn the other side. Other way. Other side. Open your mouth a little bit. Open your mouth. Make it kind of an O shape. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's hard to tell. It's hard yeah. to tell from no, that angle. I, I, when, you, when you see it that way, you do realize that. Yeah. Sorry, Jeffy. <laughs> uh. I mean, look at that fat little douche. I mean, that is unreal. It is one of the weird things about the world. <laughs> is, is that like some idiot like that can just run yeah, a country and do whatever crazy. he wants? And, and again, it, it happens in these, you know. Communist nations. That's where it happens. It doesn't happen in... Uh, there's no libertarian nations with this issue. No. In fact, there's no libertarian nations. But there's no libertarian nations with that issue. And don't give me Somalia, you wise asses online. Oh, it's Somalia. They don't have a government either. It's just what you guys want. No, that's not what we no, want. that's okay? not what we want. I did no. not want a war-torn... Uh, I still want a military... I still want a constitution, a constitution that gives government limited powers, limited powers, but it does exist and you do have one. Right. Uh, that's not Somalia, guys. That's not Somalia. It's, a, it's cute, your little effort. It's not Somalia. 888 back. More patents, too. Coming up. Soon we're going to be talking about tacos. And this is an opportunity for people who work here to get tacos ready. Where are the tacos? Mm-hmm. To follow the Constitution? Is that what you're talking about? Yes, the constitutional requirement. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. There it is. Patents to show. That's exactly where you are right now. Um, Kurt Schilling. I, I really like this guy. We we actually had a chance to meet him and spend a little bit of time with him once in New York when he uh, 
he came and did the, the show with his wife. I, I forget what they were talking about, but they were doing the rounds, and, and they came through, and he's just a really nice guy. And a pretty like-minded guy. You know, obviously, he's fairly conservative, and he doesn't mind talking about it, but ESPN did mind him talking about it. And so he is not taking this laying down, though, which I really, I really like that. I mean, a lot of these people just go away and they're little lambs and they're like, okay, I'm not going to say anything bad about my former employer because my future employer might see that and then they might get mad at me. I might never get a job again. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's just saying it. Uh, he says that some of the biggest racists in sports commentating work at ESPN. Mm. Uh, it doesn't surprise me. Um, and. Okay. And he's, he said, one of the things he said was, you know, they send out this memo from time to time. Don't talk about things that aren't sports related, I guess, at ESPN. Because they, I'm sure they get plenty of complaints because all of these guys are left-wing guys. And so many of the people who are watching you aren't left-wing people, like us. Um, and so they tell you, don't talk about politics. But every time people talk about politics, it's fine for them because they're left-wing guys, like Tony... Tony Kornheiser, who compared the Tea Party to, um, uh, was it the Kook? ISIS. Yeah, he compared the Tea Party to ISIS. I mean, what a dude. What a Pretty moron. similar, though, if you think about it. I mean, yeah, because the know, Tea Party's killed, well, no one. No one, and, and then the ISIS and has killed no one, right? No, they've killed many tens of thousands. Okay, of so. Uh, the, and they commit ter- acts of terrorism, um, and the Tea Party doesn't. They've never done anything violent. Uh, the t- uh, <laughs> uh, Boston. You ever hear that? The Boston uh, Tea Party. Yeah, yeah, they threw tea. Terrorism. The, they threw tea into the harbor. Terrorism. They threw tea into the harbor. So he talked about that, and Stephen A. Smith will speak out on things, and he doesn't get in trouble. But the minute Stephen A. Smith says stuff that's conservative, sometimes too. Yeah, he and does. He, he does. And he he actually does. Yeah. But Stephen A. Smith is black, so he can say whatever he wants. That is probably Kurt true. Schilling is white and conservative, so he can't. Um, here he is talking about ESPN being a little biased. It was apparent to me, I think, early on that, that um, if you wanted to go off topic uh, as a sports person, you had to go off topic left um, mm. or you were going to get in trouble. Um, some of the most racist things I've ever heard came, come out of people that, that are on the air at ESPN. They're some of the biggest racists in sports commentating. But I had people come up to me and go, hey, I'm with you. I'm a Republican, too. And I was like, like it felt like, but they had to whisper, right? I mean, it was, but it was, it was like a deadly serious thing. Like you didn't talk, like religion on the table was a much uh, easier discussion to have than who you voted for. That's, I mean, it's sad, but it's obviously true, right? I mean, ESPN has shown us over the years, over and over and over again, that they're left wingers. Haven't they? I mean, it's, is there yeah. any doubt of that in anybody's mind? I mean, yeah, I think I, I, I don't know. I guess you're probably. I mean, I can't think of any examples of them having. I mean, they've had. I mean, Stephen A. Smith said some stuff. Kurt Schilling said some stuff. They obviously. I mean, sports, as far as celebrities go, the highest percentage of conservatives in any of the these genres is going to be sports. Because mm-hmm. you know Hollywood, music, you know mm-hmm. theater, none of the, there's no Republicans in any of those. Right. Basically, very few. Um, very, very few. Um, Republicans in sports are fairly common. I mean, it's probably split somewhat similar to the United States. 
There are obviously a lot of left-wing people in there, but uh, there's a lot of right-wing people in there, too, and some of the biggest mm -hmm. athletes. I mean, uh, we were joking about Peyton Manning endorsing Ted Cruz the other day, but he did actually donate money to Jeb Bush, at least that I, uh, that, that's yeah, what he I've did. heard. Yes. Um, you know, the, a lot of these big athletes, uh, Tom Brady. Brady is a Trump For supporter, Trump. Um, which is bizarre. And by the way, I've, I've noticed, uh, and that was a Breitbart clip, by the way, uh, I guess he was being interviewed by Breitbart. I've noticed Breitbart very pro Tom Brady on Deflategate. Uh, Very yes. What a stunning yes. surprise! Was it they who uh, showed the NFL thing? Was it was that a Breitbart article? <laughs> yeah. Somebody did a, an article on how the NFL has spun this whole thing. Was that Breitbart? Yeah. It was Breitbart. What a surprise! It was convincing though. Yes, it they was. They almost swayed me yes, on that it thing. Was. That was look through that list. I looked yes, through it. I've heard the arguments. Come on, that was, that's pretty incriminating on yeah. the NFL. Yeah, watching Breitbart is, you think everybody in America is a rapist, too. <laughs>